Hi, this is Danielle from the Jaws Curator, and this is episode 137 of Art for Your Ear. This episode is supported by Saatchi Art, the world's largest curated online gallery offering original art by independent artists from around the world. Visit them at saatchiart.com. Okay, so I have to be honest. I had no idea where today's episode was going to (laughs) go. Doug Meyer is an incredibly prolific artist and designer who has done so many things that I wasn't entirely sure where to start. Now, I knew that he had a very beautiful and powerful book that is coming out in a few days titled Heroes, A Tribute. It is a tribute indeed to 50 talented, inspiring pioneers in various creative fields who passed away from AIDS during the 80s. But if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know I can't jump into what's going on right now. I had to find out who Doug was before he was Doug Meyer, artist, author, and New Yorker. Now, we had a few technical stops and starts, which ended up being kind of funny, actually. Thank goodness for my handy husband-slash-producer, Greg, for stitching it all together for us. Okay, so let's get on with this story, Calling Doug in New York. Hi, Doug. Hi, Danielle. We worked very hard to make this call happen. Technology, <laughs> the technology gods were against us, but we are here and we are ready. Yes, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Me okay. too. Well, now, see, you are one of those people who have so much going on that it's like, I don't even know where to start. There's so much. And um, so I'm going to do what I normally do and start off with you being a kid and we will work our way through and try and cover the insanity that has been your career. Okay, that's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with you being a little boy. Where did you grow up, and were you artsy? And I know you have a brother that you're partnered with, so were you guys artsy together? What was going on back then? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. And, um, yes, I have a brother who is actually seven, and uh, this sounds like a kid saying it, but he's seven and a half years older than me. <laughs> so when, when we were growing up, we never, I mean, we never really kind of played together because he was much older and, and it just so. And I had, uh, I, I literally had one friend in the neighborhood who um, we've reconnected and um, we're friends again. And... The rest of the neighborhood, I really hated growing up there simply oh. because I, you know, you, you know, you're 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 a little gay kid and you're you're just kind of bullied all the time. So I never really, you know, I mean, I had great times, you know, playing with my friend and and, and all that kind of stuff. But it was just it, it, it was a weird thing. So I did kind of uh, become uh, more homebound in a way when when I was really young, mm-hmm. and I used to watch a lot of TV. Um, which I found an amazing learning experience because you just, to me, when, when you shut up and you just listen and you watch and, and you just learn so much. So um, then we moved away to um, another part of town and or another area and um, I went to a new school and things kind of were much different, but I still like to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents gave me sort of, uh, control of uh, rooms in, in, in our lower level in the basement, and I had created all these art studios. <laughs> How so, old were you? Oh, gosh. Then I was about 10. Oh, my and gosh. That's awesome. So I used to do, every day when I would come home from school, I would, I would just give myself projects. I, 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 would, I would do silk screens. I would do painting. I would do sculpture, paper mache, drawing. I, I would just... 
I was just always making something. And that was the, you know, I guess if you don't make something, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's such a, an amazing feeling when you create something. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of, I kind of take it back. It's like when, when, when I was also, when I was a kid and we moved into this new house, um, I also had a, I would do summer, a summer job where I would cut grass and do trimming and everything for various people in, in the neighborhood. And it, to me, it was like so rewarding because it, it, you, you see something that's kind of messy and within, you know, maybe a two or three hour period, you can completely change the way something looks and you can sit back and you, you, you have a sense, sense of accomplishment and then you can also make money off of it. But it was, it was just such a, that's kind of how I try to explain in a way of what it is like when you, when you make a piece of art or you create something, there's this total sense of accomplishment you can sit back and, and see your vision has come to life. and, and that's I your... love that so much. I feel like that about our lawn. <laughs> I, I've never heard anyone else say that, but I always say when I'm trying to describe something being satisfying, I'll be like, you know, it's like mowing the lawn when it needs to be mowed, and then it's just the most satisfying thing after. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's so yeah. funny. Yeah, it, it's funny. And to this day, like when I'm walking around New York and, 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 and things and I see um, – like our building has a, a lot of landscaping and there's, there's a ton of grass and, and it, it, it's just so refreshing to see it when it's cut. And a lot of times I'll, I'll, when I'm walking through a little, little pathway, I mean, we're right in the middle of Chelsea, but there's a lot of landscape. I will start weeding because I love weeding. That's another, way, that's another way you can see when something is, 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 is done and it's a simple sense of accomplishment and go wow it looks so much better now yeah just a little bit of elbow grease and look at that my husband and I were just out for breakfast the other day and we're walking past somebody's yard and it was like a little rocky little garden but there's like random weeds poking out and we're walking past (laughs) and I was like can I please weed that and he was like no we have to keep going and I'm like but look just like seriously five minutes and that could be fixed Exactly. And then, you know, then there are places that you go to and they are just, they're just horrible. And you know, all it would take is five or 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I guess it's rude if you go over there and start doing it. I know. Oh my gosh. I feel, oh, I don't feel, we've got a kindred spirit here. I don't feel quite as um, like a crazy weeding person. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Okay. So back to you cutting grass as a kid. So were you, so yeah, you kind of had that sense of satisfaction when you were down in your basement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and that's literally kind of stuck through me through, through now. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, that's when I'm the happiest is when, when I'm creating and, and making something. And, and for me also, like when, cause when I build things, um, I, the way I work is I, I think about something, I design it in my head and it can take me days, weeks, months, God knows how long. And, and I'm just, redesigning it and and I'm a lot you know I have sketchbooks but so much of it is done in my head mm-hmm. and when I'm I'm designing something if I somehow can't build it in my head meaning you know I know how what, what sort of you know framework I need and structure and all this other kind of stuff if I can't do it in my head then I'm kind of screwed because then I don't know what to do <laughs> do you get frustrated in those situations or do you just adapt no 
know, because adapt is, you know, you just figure out another way of doing or, or, or conveying that kind of thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. And which, which to me is in a way even more interesting because then you start going off into these other tangents and then researching other kind of materials and, 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 and that leads you into God knows what. Mm-hmm. And it, it changes a lot of things that, that you do, at least for me. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's, for a lot of people, that's the scary part, right? It's like, oh God, it doesn't work in my head. Okay, I'm just not going to do it. And it, it, that's the key to being successful with anything really is adapting and pushing and going, okay, well, maybe I'll turn left then and see what happens. Right. Um, right. And so I, I take your parents were super supportive and just like threw art materials down to the basement. <laughs> they didn't throw them down. <laughs> my, my mother was really amazing. She used to take me... Um, once, twice, however many times I needed to go a week to the art supply store. And, um, and she, I mean, my God, she would, she would let me buy the most expensive, like French arches paper that was doubled edges and, and huge sheets. And I, I was just kind of like amazing. And then I, I, I had the best kind of art supplies. And then I, I, I mean, I, I would, I would make out art out of anything, but it was just so much fun. And then sometimes, you know, when you know how much the paper is, it's like you, you initially kind of treat it like it's just so precious. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, my mother and my father were both my brother, who, as I said, is, is, is older than me. He he went off to um, Parsons. I, we, we both went to Parsons, but he went to Parsons um, when I was a teenager. So they were always, you know, it was it was kind of normal in a way. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jean went to art school. I was, I, I, they, they always knew I was going to go to art school. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of always knew that too. Um, and you know, they were really, really supportive. My father, I think was always a frustrated weekend artist. Uh, oh, okay. I think when he was, when he was young, he wanted to be an artist, but his father wouldn't allow that. And, you know, we would, when we were young, we traveled a lot. They took us to Europe and all over the, all over the country. And, we go to museums, like Louisville has an amazing museum, the Speed Museum, and we we were always like seeing something yeah. or, or being introduced to something, so it was great. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And so when Gene went, did he study fashion then? Yeah, Gene studied fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so you, did you, were you always thinking Parsons too, or was it because he went there, or... Well, I was thinking, um, no, I wasn't thinking Parsons at all. I, I, uh, cause I wanted to go into fine arts mm-hmm. and I, uh, in high school, I, um, I thought I was going to go to Pratt and mm-hmm. then, um, so I wanted to, I won a scholarship to Pratt and that was great. And I used to also, so I was also a little party boy too. So I would <laughs> <laughs> come up to New York. Um, my father had a lot of business up here, so we'd come up to New York a lot and, um, I love New York and, um, I realized after a while, um, once I got the scholarship or whatever, it's like, I, and this was also, you got to realize this was in the seventies in New York. So the city, I loved the city then it was very grungy and just completely different. And the one thing I realized is like, I don't want to I don't want to live in Brooklyn where, where Pratt is. And I, I wanted to live in the city and I didn't want to commute out there. So then I thought, okay, you know, let me, cause I knew Parsons because of my brother. Yeah. And literally the year that I went was the, the first year they had just started the um, fine arts department. So ah. the, 
your first year at Parsons, you have to take foundation programs and all this stuff, and then they allow you to go into whatever department you went into. So then, um, then it was actually, I guess, the second year when I when I got in there for the fine arts department. Okay. Um, and what were you doing? Were you did you were you doing everything? Like, was it sculpture and painting and? Everything, or did you focus on something? It was very, you know, when when when, when you, you depend on the studio classes that you would take, it was it was mainly just learning things. It was draw. I I I love drawing. I I, I love line quality. So drawing is. It, it, I, I prefer drawing over painting. But now, as time goes on, I, you know, I, I I kind of love painting now. But um, it. It's very. It was. It was their first or second year, and they were very disciplined, or made you try to be very disciplined in it. And I had problems with the 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 the, the dean at the time, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, two or three other. Uh, no, just probably two 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 teachers. Um, and um, so yeah, and then at night I was going to studio every night, um, which was great because then I could I I did my homework there and sometimes would go directly from studio to to class. Wow. Depending <laughs> on how late it was, but um, yeah, I can't even remember what your question was. <laughs> well, I don't know either. That was just I just wanted to hear what it was like at Parsons, and uh, so I know that um, well, some some crazy stuff happened right after you graduated because. Holly Solomon, was that right after, did you meet her right after you graduated? Um, God, that was so long ago. Yeah, it was, um, I guess it was like right a year, yeah, I guess it was right around that time, right after um, I, I finished at Parsons, and then um, I... You, were you kind of in the New York art scene? Like, did you know lots of the people at that time? Because that's a crazy, amazing, cool time to be in New York. Well, you know, the interesting thing was, it, 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 it's unlike now, the, the art scene was so much smaller then. I mean, the art world was just, you know, the, and it was it was the very beginning of, it, it, at that time, of, of the East Village. Right. When all of those, you know, really cool galleries were opening up that were, you know, the size of a shoebox, but just done by young people. And it was just really kind of amazing. And, and you, you know, at that time, a, a lot of the galleries on the Lower East Side were done by people that I actually went to school with, um, or just people that I knew from going out to, you know, whether it was Mud Club or Studio or wherever it may be. Right. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just so different. And then Holly was like such, you know, she was the, the, I think she was called the queen of Soho, which, which when I was there also, she was kind of upended on that title by Mary Boone, who had only been open like a couple of years. And it was, it was just such a, for me, that time in New York was really amazing because my brother was in fashion at, the, at, that, at that time. He was um, the, uh, the assistant designer for Jeffrey Bean. Mm. And I was at Holly's and it was, it was, kind of this cool thing to see both of these quote-unquote glamorous worlds of New York because things really were much more glamorous then and both those fields were kind of glamorous at the same time but you never really got to see you know you kind of knew one or the other right yeah and you got to be in both yeah yeah so so it it, 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 it opened my eyes to a lot of different things and, and made me look at things a lot differently and um, in, a, in a great way. Um, but yeah, that was, that was just such a fun time. Um, 
experiencing New York and, and the art world and the fashion world. and Yeah. So what was your plan? Like at the time, were you thinking that you would be a super famous artist or did you want to have a gallery or what were you wanting to do? I don't think, you know, I, I, I never thought of like, Oh God, I want to be super famous. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's not what it's about when you're, when you're creating stuff, you're, no. you're creating stuff because you kind of, that's what you have to do. And it, it's, it's not about, yeah, it's like mowing that grass. You just have to do right, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's very satisfying, but I, I, I think that the, the, the whole idea of, becoming famous and getting rich and, and all of that off of, off of, off of doing art during that time period was completely different. Right. It, 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 and I, I think it, I don't know how it is now with younger people, but I think it kind of should be different. And, you know, a lot the, I mean, my God, nowadays everyone and their mother's an artist. And it, that's what's kind of crazy because there's just so much out there and there's so much good stuff and you, you kind of have to wade through. And when you're talking to people that are, you know, in the business, no matter what they do in, in the, in the art world, there's just so many people to know. It's just like, people just start throwing names out. It's like, I have no idea who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I've got a, a friend of mine, Trey Spiegel was, you know, in New York and back then. And he said that, uh, yeah, he said the same thing. Like it was small enough that if you went to all the same parties, like you saw the same people over and over and over, and you know, you kind of, it was small enough that you could make those connections. Where now it's just so gigantic that it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Um. So when you're working with Holly, were you um, what what were you doing with her? I was I was just there to do anything that needed to be done. I, yeah. I, I you know I was a gallery worker there. I I used to um, when I first started there. I used to answer the phones. You know, hello, Holly Sullivan Gallery. And <laughs> the, I it's so funny. You know, you have life lessons, and one of the best lessons I ever had in my life was Holly screamed at me one day. I I it was just kind of wild, and it, it mortified me. And rightfully so, I would answer the phone. But the thing is, no one, no one trained me. You know, I was like, I was like, what, seven, sixteen, or seventeen, or eighteen? I was really young. And it's, it's like, and even if I was twenty, it's like, how do you want me to answer your phone? So no one, no one's just, you know, just say hello, Holly Solomon. So there would be people calling up, and of course it was Holly Solomon, so they wanted to talk to her. So I would just go, uh, okay, Holly, line two. <laughs> And then she would, and where the, the, where I would be, would be right, there, there's a doorway that would, I could see her desk and I could see her and she would just be rolling her eyes and just hanging up on people. And then I guess after about a week of this, she just couldn't stand it. And she started screaming, Douglas, get in here right now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, what's wrong? And she said, she, she literally, she was screaming, but she was walking me through on how to answer a phone properly and how to, how to screen somebody and find out who they are and what they wanted. And to this day, I am amazing at that. And, it, <laughs> and, and I truly appreciated it because I, I know that, uh, you know, when I've had assistants or people working with me or for me, and I, 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 I want to scream at them or, or, or tell them something, but nowadays I don't think that's politically <laughs> acceptable. But I, I, was really, I was really grateful that, 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 that she did it because it... it I think it's a good thing for someone to learn that way. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. So I, I do know how to answer a phone. 
and screen somebody <laughs> really well. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, and so while you were working with her, were you making your own work? Oh, I guess you were going to school. I was, then... I, initially I was going to school and it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was doing my own stuff. And then, um, and then I kind of, it, 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 it's just kind of weird. I, I, I guess you could say, I never thought of it this way. You, I, I took a sabbatical in a way from art for a while and, or for creating, creating my art. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I just started doing all these other things. I, 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 I went into, um, public magazines and publishing and, um, create just creating spaces and 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 which became much more relevant later on. Which I always consider a lot of things that I do more site specific and installations as, as opposed to designing a space. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it and th- that whole thing was really prompted by Holly too. I remember after I'd been there just a short period of time, I, I went uptown with her to take a bunch of stuff to her house and. Um, her and her husband Horace at the time they lived um, in this great building that Horace's family owned on Sutton Place. That was the same building that Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio lived in, and wow. it was it was a you know classic New York pre-war, and it was just the most mesmerizing space I'd ever been to at that point in my life. And she had this amazing way of you know her artists were known as uh, pattern and decorative uh, painters and, 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 and artists. And they just did these site-specific, you know, whether it was the entrance hall or the, the entire kitchen, every inch of the kitchen was covered in, in, in mosaic and, wow. and, and, and tile. And, and the living room had just these, 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 these strange sort of hidden sculptures everywhere and these wild Kim McConnell um, fabric paintings um, covering, you know, classic, um, sofas. And it it was just a beautiful mix of, of different periods and centuries that with all this modern art and, and it was, it it was just, it was just amazing to me. And that was the moment when I, I I realized that, you know, um, uh, an art piece could be kind of this livable space or that, you know, you could create a a room that actually is an art piece. So, It's like going right back to your basement. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that funny? You know, when when the things that you naturally do as a kid are those things that are just who you are, you know, that later on you can turn into these things where it's like if that was your instinct when you were a kid to be down there and making these spaces and now that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. And so what was your place like like before you saw Holly's? Did you go home and, like, was it already, did you already have stuff everywhere, or did you go home after that and, like, revamp? <laughs> no, I, you know, I didn't think of it in those terms. And it, it was also something, too, that, you know, when you when you sort of discover something in a way, mm-hmm. it, 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 it took, for me, it takes time for it to register with me. Yeah. Like, when I, when I go into, a, when I travel and I go into a new city and I might be with friends or something, I get really, really quiet because it's just kind of overwhelming in a great way. And I just, I'm just trying to take it all in and just trying to understand it. And that was kind of the thing with, with, with seeing Holly's, Holly's space. It, 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 it affected me so strongly, but it, it just took me a while to really kind of understand it and, and, and get it and apply it to my sort of process and, 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 and how I work and how I think. And mm-hmm. it's, it's always stayed with me, um, and on such a great way. And, um, 
I mean, we can get into that because you wanted to go in order. But, well, yeah, I mean, we, we can go wherever you want. But. Oh, okay. But it, it, it's, it's one of the things that, that um, really, I think, came out strongly in my, my newest um, apartment. Yeah, I saw the video. So that, amazing. Well, it's, it, 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 it was very much the whole sort of, to me, the, the apartment's the kind of idea and sensibility of, of Holly. Yeah. Um, where you're you're just creating these um, these weird kind of spaces and rooms and 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 it's it's all done at least in in, in my place it's done with um, uh, walls that are you know sculptures and and they have these wild portals and they look from one room into another and and things change as as the as the light changes and at nighttime it's a completely different story space and it's just the other thing too for me that I love is any I love to this is I, I said this in the video and it, it's kind of a queer thing to say but I love to stare when I'm in a when I'm in a space and I, I kind of spaz out and I I need something to look at a blank wall just doesn't really work for me so like seeing something that, 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 that that's interesting and, and odd to me works and I just, I can stare, and, and then God knows where my mind goes when, 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 when I'm doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know, do you ever have that where you're staring and then somebody's like, what are you thinking about? You're like, what are you looking at? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I, yeah. I do that all the time where it's just like, I don't even remember what, but that was a nice little zone out, but I don't even remember <laughs> what I was looking at. No, I remember what I'm thinking, but I, I, I it, it, it's so bizarre I couldn't explain it and I wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah. It's just so your I, personal yeah. little space. Yeah. Uh, but, like, how long – okay, so when you move into that place, <laughs> do uh -huh. you start planning how this is all going to go or is it like, or more organic than that? And It's kind of 50-50. I yeah. mean, what – when we when, when me and me and my husband moved in, um, there were a few things that, that 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 we had to do. He's a lawyer, so things certain things had to be you know kind of calm and 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 e easy and and so our, our kitchen, which is where we spend most of our time anyway, it's crazy, but because there's a TV and we eat in here and we have a yeah. big table and we both bring our laptops in, but so the kitchen was we 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 gutted it, we knocked down walls, and we we we. Uh, made that very. I, I like things that are utilitarian. Yeah. Um, so it's it's it, it's it's very utilitarian. It's it, it's kind of chic and 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 pretty, but just you know, it's 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 plain and simple. Yeah. And then. <laughs> and then there's the rest of the. Place. And then there's actually yes, <laughs> and then there's the rest of it that. Um, and it's 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 also funny too because when I was when I was when I when I was thinking about it because you know when you're partnered up with somebody you have to. And you live together. You have to take their, you know, you you, you you have to consider what they like and what they don't like. Right. And, <laughs> and it, it, it sometimes, after a while, I said, oh, I don't know if I can use bad words on your. Go phone. ahead. Yeah. It was like, oh, fuck it. So it's like I I I, I just want to do this this thing, and I'm not even going to run it by you because usually it's like, okay, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. And then he. Then he'd get all pissed off, and it would just be like, oh, okay, whatever. So, um, and then the funny thing is, so, you, so you've seen the video. So I have this, this sculpture screen wall that divides the spaces in the living room. Yeah, the pink and one? It's got, yes, and it's got all these wild portals and everything. And, and the, the funny thing is, when I, was, when I was doing that, I was originally going to make it all, 
I was gonna. I, I wanted it because it's plaster and a million other 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 materials. But I just wanted it white. I don't know why, but you know, I thought plaster. It should be white. <clears throat> and then after a while, I mean, because it took about four months to construct that. Wow. So after a while, I'm like, ah, it's not gonna be white because I just can't do white. So then I started thinking of color, and then. It's funny, you know, you, as you said earlier, you kind of go back to, to, to being a child or your roots. And when I was a kid, I pleaded with my mother for two years to paint my room pink. Like everything in my room would be pink. And I love pink. And of course, you know, make that story really fast. It's just too late already. No, but <laughs> you I, don't have I, to make it fast. I, uh, I had a pink bedroom after screaming and yelling for a couple of years and you know when you you know when you're a kid and you, you you know your your brothers or sisters or whatever I don't have any sisters but you know they bring friends over and everyone kind of gets a tour of the house yeah and I remember my brother was giving a tour of the house to some some, some guy or some kid that, that that he knew and he and I was just kind of tagging along and I just kind of listened and and they acted like I wasn't there and so <laughs> then my brother just wa- walked by my room. Just walk by, didn't say anything. And he would say, oh, this is so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm like, that's weird. And so then the guy goes, oh, my God, you have a sister? And I just freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I, I, I remember it was during the summer. I, was, I ran out of the house because I couldn't find my mother in the house. So I ran outside. I was looking for her everywhere. And I finally found her. I started screaming, I, I, don't, want, I don't want a pink bedroom. I don't want a pink bedroom. And she's like, well, I'm sorry. You know, you yeah, you begged about for it. For, yeah, you're, you're going to live with it. So um, I got over that right away, and um, and totally loved the pink. And so now going back, you know, a billion years later, um, I I have this huge sculpture wall that's pink, and it, and also going back to, to to how it became that color, I kind of did the pink in a way as, as a way to, to, to sort of see the, the definitions of, of shapes and shadows and things in it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was going to stay pink at all. And then one day um, my husband Mead came home and he's like, oh, pink, which he does not like at all. And he goes, yeah, that looks really good. I like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I was like, okay. So then I started playing with all these different muddled pinks in there. So there's like a million pink colors in there. And so then I'd say three or four weeks later, I'd finally finished it, and it was pink. And he goes, so what color are you going to paint it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, this is it, dude. This is it. <laughs> you said you liked this. He goes, oh, well, whatever. And <laughs> it's like, look, you said for better or for worse, so this yeah. is happening. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know how interesting that is, but, the, yeah, that's 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 the story of that. Oh no, I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to link to that. Um, I always do a great big post with each episode. So I'm going to link to that video because it's, um, just so fantastic and amazing. And like your building looks like just, it would be, there'd be a nice couch and it would just be, and then you come into your place and it's just a little world. Like it's like a stepping into a dream. Yeah. I mean that, well, that, that, that to me that everyone says that, but for me, it's just, and I keep saying this, it's just totally, that's just how I live. That's yeah. just, it, it's totally normal for me. Does and, it, does it get to a point where you're like, huh, maybe I should change that wall to this? Like once you're oh, done, fine, yeah. can you leave it or do you want to keep changing everything? Oh. <laughs> I, <clears throat> we're going to keep this for the way it is for a while, but 
it's kind of like, you know, like you, you, you do a painting, you do a sculpture and you're done with that and then you do another one. Yeah. You move on. You, you know, you're just, you're exploring and figuring out all these things. And, and for me, that's kind of how it is. It's like once it was, and, and, it, and things still aren't done because nothing's ever, ever finished. Right. <laughs> and, and there are all these like weird little things that I get yelled at because I do all the woodwork as well. So like certain baseboards and stuff haven't been finished and, and, um, I, I completely lost my train of thought. What was uh, I going to say? That, that nothing's ever really done and it just kind of keeps changing oh, and evolving. Yeah. Even though it's never, it, it, it's not a hundred percent finished. It's it, it, for me, it's pretty, pretty much finished. And, and on a lot of levels it's finished. So I, it's, I, I'm ready to do something. But I know that that's not going to happen for, 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 for quite a while. Cause it, 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 it's only been done for like two months or. Oh it, my it, gosh. That's hilarious. So. Well, did you did you build the big pink wall there, or did you build it other places and then bring it? Well, I, I built that. I built on site. Okay. And there there are other things that are in, in in there. I do these things that I call brutalist panels. Yeah, yeah, like in the bedroom above. Yeah, in the bedroom and in the library guest room area. Yeah. And those things are done off site, and then they're brought in because they're done in pa- in sections that are you know like then it's like a puzzle putting them together. Right, right. Uh, but the, the the pink the 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 I mean that thing is fourteen and a half feet long. Yeah. And there's there's no seams in it, and it it became one of those weird things too because there are, I I think there are eleven I call them portals or or, or kind of windows that um, have colored plexiglass that. Um, divide the spaces and, and do all these like weird things at night with light and stuff. But um, to just figure that out and then both sides are, you know, are completely different, but they're all connected and there is no way you could do that. You yeah. know, yeah, bring it pieces. Up. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is what's happening at your house, but then like, I, this is what I was trying to figure out. I'm researching you and I'm like, he does this and he does that and there's art and there's spaces and there's like the, the people that you know and the things that you've done are crazy. So what, I don't know. Doug? <laughs> okay. So I, I, <laughs> you I tell I me. So for me, you know, it's, it, it's also weird when people ask me what I do. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, what do you even I really say? don't know what the hell to say. I'm just, yeah, I, yeah, I, and I don't, it, 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 it's odd because, I think because of that, I never really thought about this before, but I think because of that, I don't, I don't like to talk about what I do <laughs> because it's too confusing to me and other people um, <clears throat> because people always like to categorize somebody. Okay, right. you're. You're a designer and you do fabric, or you're an artist and you make paintings, or you're, you're a writer and you write a novel, or you're, you're a journalist or whatever. But I kind of do like all these things, yeah. and it's 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 and and I I, I think I'm kind of good at good at most of them, and and I understand them, and 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 just you know when you have a history and 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 you've done a lot of things, it it. And, and you just want to constantly create stuff. It, 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 there are all these other vehicles that you kind of need to try and, and, and want to try. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, I, I design um, with, with my brother. We, we've done for years, we've done um, product design for mainly for kind of home where, where it's fabric and rugs and wallpaper and tile and accessories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so <clears throat> that's that's all kind of. I categorize that in one area, 
and it, it, it it's like it does an effect then what I do with with when I create my kind of art, which right. are like the brutalist panels and these the, the, these site specific rooms, and then I also do these 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 commissioned cameos. Um, yeah, those are amazing. Oh, thanks, thanks. No, I love doing those, and it and it's funny. I I, I started those. I started doing about maybe five years ago and it was just kind of a fluke I was as you know when you're just messing around in the studio and just doing stuff and playing with materials and and I made this this, my first one and I was like god this is really cool and it just kind of evolved and built from from that and became what they are now and they've kind of become this this thing I, I I I get commissions from literally all over the world from like a lot of like really kind of who's he what to big people and it's you know either it's a portrait of them or their spouse or their kids or their dog or whatever and they're um, encrusted with everything from agates to crystals to uh, mirrored plexi shards to turquoise to malachite and so fun and they're, and and they're and for me the, the the weird thing is that when when you're doing them you you, you kind of channel who the person is that you, that uh, the, you're doing the portrait of because you want them to be happy with it so you know you 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 know you make someone look a lot younger that's right get rid of all those wrinkles you know, yeah you know, that neck you know <laughs> a lot of different because you don't want them to say oh i hate it yeah. and i I've, I've never had that happen yet thank you know not good but um no I double chins it. all good <laughs> so i i love doing that and then um and then i also for years i i, I was um in 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 magazines and publishing and and um, an art director and and design editor and um oh my god what else and, and while then you, all that was happening you still would just be making your art yeah yeah so doing, and then do you get commissioned to do people's spaces too then yeah oh yeah, yeah. i mean i also do that yeah i forgot about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah and for years i you know i i, w- I would design um interiors I still do but I only really take on one client a year because mm. um, clients are very difficult and they are um, they, they they they're stressed there's they, they generate a lot of stress for yeah me. yeah I can um, see. even even if they're even if they're really great clients and um, for those things once again it's not like you're you're gonna decorate a room it's it, it for me it's it's really kind of creating this this, this environment that is like the space that no one's kind of ever seen before and, yeah. and utilizing all these materials and, and just backdrops. And, and that, that's the big thing for me in a space. And as you saw in, in the video of, of my place, it, it, for me, it really is about, you know, staring and creating backdrops because mm-hmm. if you don't have a great backdrop, the room no matter how beautiful the furniture is and everything else, it's just going to fail because there's, that's what, that's what everything's against, whether it's, 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 it's a combination of the floor and the walls. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's got to be a lot of stuff or anything on it, but it has to be just beautiful. Like you know, just right. beautiful architecture or just the most sim- simple thing. But then the space has to be, you know, there, there has to be something going on. Yeah. You have and, to set the scene. Exactly. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you don't do that. And a lot of people, and this was something that I learned because I was a, a design editor, and, and um, I, I first started doing that at the at the Miami Herald for the Home and Design magazine. And I used to go around to, uh, you know, God knows how many houses at the time in Miami, 
and just really see um, how good or bad something was and, and really understand it. Because you, when you're looking at, at, at a room and you're scouting something and you're looking at it and you think it's really good um, on a lot of different levels, but then when you have to really get in there with a photographer and style this thing and shoot it, and then you're looking at it, and it's just like, oh my God, what's wrong? It, it, and, it, and and you realize it's because of, it's because of the back backdrop, the background, hmm. and and that really, really, really did teach me so much from from having gone into God knows how many houses and stuff, <laughs> and 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 literally, you know, with working with a photographer, just making sure that this that this shot is going to work, and a lot of it, you know, like with magazines and stuff too, it's kind of smoke and mirrors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, the right corner and just things are, yeah. Exactly. There's only one <laughs> shot in that room, so let's move on. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. Now, with, now with video, you can't, you can't fake it as much because, you know, you're going to see a lot of the room. Yeah. So, How, so were you living, because I know that you, do you go back and forth with, between Miami and New York now, or were you just in Miami for a chunk of time? I was in, I was, I was captive in Miami for almost 20 years. Wow. I know. I look back and I'm just, I mean, the, the weird thing about, I love living in Miami when I was there, uh, but it, it was one of those things, you know, when you're, wherever you're living, you're living and, and you, you, it's great. It's, it's whatever you deal with it. Um, I had a great time there, but it, because there's no, for me, I got no passage of time because there's no seasons. Right. I mean, you know, it's hot and then it's kind of hot and then there's a hurricane and then it's you know and then it's humid and hot again (laughs) exactly and you got mosquitoes and you're you know whatever but so I I literally I kind of woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and go good god I'm I'm looking old and and I I just went when because I grew up in Kentucky and then you know I went to school in New York I lived in New York for a long time and then I I had a brief stint in, in California and even in California, there, 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 you felt passage of time because there's a spring and a summer and then fall and then, of course, winter. And I was always able to count back like, you know, four winters ago. That, right. that happened six summers ago. But, you know, when, when you're living in a, in a subtropic climate like that, it, for me, I just had no sense of time passing. So um, I kind of had to get out of there at that point, which was about 10 years ago. And then I moved back to New York. Okay. And, and do you yeah, go back yeah. to Miami very much? Or I, no? I go back to Miami. I have um, a few really good friends there, and um, the publisher of, of, of my book that you know is coming out, Heroes: A Tribute, is actually based in Miami Trial Publishing. Oh, okay. And, um, so I'll, I, I've been going back for that, and then I have one client there, and um, and a lot of commissions. Um, so, but it, it, it's funny when I moved back to New York about ten years ago. And I had been here for about three months. I swear, in my mind, I it, I, I completely forgot I lived in Miami. Yeah, you were just long. back. You were home. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that, that's kind of how I looked at it. But it was just weird. I, I just, it, it was like I never lived there. It was very that's strange. That's so funny. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I, I've had chunks of time in different places. And I've moved back now to my hometown that I grew up in, which is really weird because I was gone for 22 years and a lot has not changed (laughs) so it's a bit of a time warp like there's one cafe in town and when I go there I see all of my high school teachers who are all now retired Uh, and it's just so (laughs) weird it's like this weird time machine but it's like oh yeah I lived in Toronto for 10 years I forgot about that (laughs) I was just back there a couple weeks ago and I was staying right down where I used to live and where my husband and I met and where we got married and all this stuff and I was like 
Oh, yeah, this was my home for 10 years. Wow. It's just oh. odd. What's the population if you only have one? one? 10,000 people. 10,000, wow. Yeah. What's it's the, lovely. What's the nearest town? I mean, uh, the nearest big city. The nearest big city is Vancouver, which is about a four and a half hour drive. Okay. Yeah, so okay, I don't wow. know if you can hear it. I, my husband said I had, he edits the podcast and there are, we're surrounded by vineyards and there oh, wow. are, the, it's beautiful. Yeah. And the tractors are out there right now clearing the vineyards and he's like, you're going to be able to hear it on the podcast. It is so blazing hot in here. I was just like, I am not closing right. the windows. I don't care if you can hear the tractors <laughs> and it, it's, it's ambiance. It's small town vineyard orchard ambiance. Oh, that sounds really pretty. And then I won't pass out from heat exhaustion, so that's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Miami. Um, okay, so let's talk about your book, because that is super exciting. And I want to, so it's called Heroes, a Tribute, and it looks beautiful. It comes out this week, right? Like the 20th? It can, you know, it's, it's, it's available. Um, it, it goes online um, May 20th whatever yeah. day that is. Um, and it goes on sale online with um, Tra Publishing, their website, First Dibs, and Amazon. Oh, okay. so you can, And then it ships July 1st. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it looks beautiful. I kept okay. trying to find more and more page layouts. Um, so can you tell me, I want to know, Chicken or the Egg, was it a show first that became a book? Um, what's it all about? Like, where... Go. Yeah, you just. Okay, so it was it was it was a show first. Actually, what it was, um, I had I got a phone call. It was back in 2015 from Pam Jacarino, who is the editor in chief of Lux Magazines. Oh yeah. And um, like a lot of different publications and things, they sponsor um, spaces during um, DIFA, you know, Dining on Design. Yeah. Um, they do them in various cities, and this was for the New York. Um, one and um, so she asked me if I'd do a space for her, and I was like, "Oh God," because I I don't like I don't like I don't decorate, and I don't like to do things that are decorated, right? Per se. So I, I was started thinking, okay, I'll do it. Well, I actually I, I, I took a couple of days to think about it because I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. So um, <laughs> you I, had to I sit and stare for a little bit. Well, no, it's true. I did. <laughs> yeah. I did stare for quite a while, and so then I. I then you know it's like when you, when you know at least for me when I know about something it just these these things just kind of pop into your head and God knows where I was maybe just walking down the street or whatever and then I thought okay yeah, yeah. so for me because it was DIFA so you know DIFA is the Design Industry Foundation fighting AIDS um, and I know how these events are and and you know there's there's dinners and cocktail parties and all these things around them and I really felt that it was important that especially the people that came to see it and that were there for these events, kind of throw it back in their face and go, this is why you're here. It's not because of someone decorating a room. You're, you're here because these, you're here to help fight this disease. And so I wanted to then, the idea was to create this very, very quiet kind of gallery space. And it's like, you know, when you, when you walk into a museum, things get a little hushed and the mm -hmm. same thing with the gallery. So I, I started thinking about all the people that I knew that had died. And, you know, there was, there was that, there was that time period in New York when I was here that everyone that I knew that went to, that I went to school with, and I just knew from being in New York, from, from um, partying and, and 
just professionally um, were all sick or, or, or had or died. Yeah. So um, I wanted to do a tribute to them. So I started coming up a list of creatives that were some of the first people that uh, had died of AIDS. And so I started, it, it all kind of formulated its, it, itself in this weird, you know, kind of abstract, organic way. So I created 19 of these sculptures that are, uh, some of them, they're not, they're, some of them are lifelike, some of them are just conceptual, they're, 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 they kind of ran the gamut. And then I felt it was really important to accompany them um, with their um, actual obituary um, uh. from the New York Times. And then I had, you know, didactic on the wall uh, talking about this. And I had these beautiful cases designed that were lined in velvet and had, you know, th- these you know, museum lights inside. And um, so it, it was just this very quiet, pretty space. The moment you walked in, you knew that it was a gap. Mm-hmm. Oh, where'd you go? I can't hear you anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just yakking away, and there was one point where I was like, "Gonna say, are you there?" Because it just didn't sound like you were, but I just kept on talking. Oh no! So you're done the interview then? <laughs> yes. You talked all about the book and how it came to be, and done. Okay. Well, I'll tell you where I stopped hearing you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I Lord. stopped hearing you when you said. You had set up this space and things were lined in velvet with gallery light and then it would be nice and quiet. Was that a really long time ago? That was like, honey, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can even remember all this stuff now. <laughs> oh, man, it was like the best part of the interview. Missed. Oh, okay. Okay, so you've got these pieces. So, who, are, who, are the 19, who are some of the 19 that you did the pieces of? Oh my gosh, the original 19 were... Um, Just throw me out, son, so you don't feel like you have to remember them all. I, I actually have uh, the, the, the book here, but oh, I'm good. trying to... Um, oh, my God. So, like, some of the original... Well, okay, but l- 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 let's back up. So I, I got <laughs> as far as you, you heard me say that the, the cases were in the space. Yes. And, were lying and that belt. it was a hushed... Kind of, you would come in, and it was very clear <clears throat> that oh it was a hushed... Oh, you missed all this good stuff. Oh, man. Well, because you said, yeah, it was very clear that it was a hushed good, and then you were gone. Okay, okay. A hushed Um, gallery? A hushed... So, well, let me start over then. (laughs) Okay. Just just kind of recreate all that stuff that I just said. Okay. Um, So, um... Okay, so so, uh, we're we're at the Dippa space, and it's... um, There are cases that are lined in velvet, and they contain the 19 original heroes that I did and the uh, uh, when I was deciding on who to do it was, it was kind of difficult because number one there are so many different people um, unfortunately that had passed away that were just brilliant on so many different levels of, of in, in, in these creative fields whether it's theater or, or dance or, 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 or art or design or, or or writing. I mean, there was just so many of them. And because this was held um, during DIFA, which is, you know, the Design Industry Foundation Fighting AIDS, um, I felt it was important to do uh, heavily um, choose people that were from the interior and architecture design world. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
one of the reasons why I wanted to do this also is because there was literally anyone under 30 or 35 have no idea who these people are. I mean, maybe they knew who Rock Hudson was, but just really had not a clue who any of these people people were and what they contributed to the the industry that they're in and just the society and the world world itself and literally it was truly a lost generation because when 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 all of these people died it we have no idea how it really did affect visually how we see the world and 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 what would have maybe been changed and created by these these people some of them were just in the beginning of their career and some mid and some you know had full careers Mm -hmm. but just what these people did contribute in in their fields is is you know is is just kind of phenomenal and I felt that people needed to be reminded of this on so many different levels that's that's why I I I just could not there's no way I could do you know a, a room with a table and some chairs yeah yeah what a smart beautiful idea and thanks. And, and I, I, I just, you know, anytime I do something like this, it, I, I like to make people just kind of stop and think for a minute instead of just, you know, walking with their friends and just say, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, and grab pretty. another champagne and call and it a day. Well, yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So that's, um, that's where the, 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 the origins of, of, of the heroes came from. And then after the, after the um, diffa was over, it was only up for like a week or whatever. Um, and it, it, it had su- I had such great reaction from people on it. Like the opening night um, of the dinner, there were so many people in the space at one point, and there's all the kind of whoozy what's it that were there. And everyone was just so quiet and just staring. And some people were tearing, and yeah. people came over and hugged me. And it was very emotional. I was very like, wow. I mean, it's kind of like what when you do something like this, you kind of hope that that would happen. And it did. So um, I just really didn't know if I was, you know, so, you know, you, you do all this and, and it, it's kind of like, okay, it's over. And then about a month and a half later, I was in Miami and um, I was having drinks with, actually, we, were, we, we said we'll just have one drink of rosé, one glass of wine. <laughs> we ended up having, God, I, we, I, I think we had one little tiny, like little piece of pizza because we needed to eat something. So uh, we, we doused at least a bottle and a half or two bottles of rosé. <laughs> and she, her, her name is Nisi Berriman. She's she 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 has a space in Miami, and so she said. It, so it's kind of her idea. She said, "Why don't you expand this? And if you do, I'll show it here in Miami." And then I'm like, I, I started thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, and I was drunk, so I was like, oh, this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, of course, I can do this. And then I text or no, I emailed um, Liz O'Brien in New York, and then. Patrick Dragonette in Los Angeles, and they both said yes, so I was like, oh my god, okay, I guess I'm going to do this, I'm committed. And the, so I gave myself a, a, a year to do this, to create, I said, okay, so I'm going to come up with 50 heroes. And that was really hard to try to narrow it down to who I was going to do, and, and you yeah. know, why I would do them, and and everything. And, and for me, when when I was doing the initial 19, and then then um, the total of the 50, it was, I, I just had to kind of like channel these people. And yeah. a lot of, you know, so I started, started watching old documentaries and, 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 and just reading and buying every book on them and, and just doing tons of research. And some of them that I did a lot of research on, I was like, I, I just, I just can't, for, for the life of me, 
do justice to them in a way. So mm. I, 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 you know, they kind of fell off and then someone else was replaced. And I, you, they're all very, very different. And that was the other thing that I wanted to do when I first started it is I didn't want it to look as if these were done by the same person. Right. I didn't want someone to start thinking about me. I wanted them to just start thinking about this individual who's, who's sort of sculpture portrait that they're looking at to think about them. And so it wasn't about a, a specific technique or whatever. I mean, I used a billion different, you know, that one is bronze, some are paper mache, some are w- dealing with, with photography and computer, some are... Um, and was that based on who they were or like the vibe that you wanted? Yeah, kind of like the vibe. It's like when, when, when I would be trying to really think about how I would, would portray and convey who they were, it was, some of it was based on the materials, some of it was just... It, God knows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like when you're working on those things, and then when you when you kind of hit it, it's it, then it just kind of grows into something else, kind of organically in a way. And yeah. then, um, and then, I, like the, like for example, one of them was of Alvin Ailey, and I had done three four, and I really had to have him in there in, in my mind. He he was just very sort of pivotal for this thing, and I had done three portraits. I hated every one of them, and they just didn't convey who he was. And literally, and I was freaking out because it was the day, I think it was the day before, two days before it was going to open in New York. And I was just like, oh my God. So I had all these old building blocks from when me and Gene were kids. And I just started stacking, I don't know what I was doing. I just started stacking them. And I was like, oh my God. So I started creating these like weird sculptures that were really tall and very, um, wonky where they they might fall at any second and then I started thinking okay so I'm going to create these sculptures that are like Dan because I I, Mm. I, I found you know when he would choreograph things they were for me it was very kind of sculptural and very structured so I used these and I, I got these beautiful color backdrops and then I just started stacking and creating uh 10 different um, sort of objects that were almost dancing and moving and ready to fall down. And I shot them on my iPhone, transferred them to my, my computer, took them in Photoshop, and then I did this weird change of color. I, I love things from the 50s and 60s, you know, how, how the color was very muted and, and very off and mm-hmm. almost washed out in yellow. Um, and then I then printed them out, um, and I made this kind of accordion, um, this accordion booklet that was then displayed just as this accordion booklet, it was lined. The backside was lined in this, this silver um, insulated tape, and it was it was really just kind of just beautiful. And and it just it, I'm only telling you this one because it's just so different from you know some of the other ones. And so there was no rhyme or reason why it was. The, it the just felt was, right. Yeah, it, it's like that's how I'm going to convey who that person is. Mm-hmm. Were you like, thank God I figured this out? <laughs> Oh, God, yes. And then the funny thing is it became one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Um, so we're in, in, the, um, in the 50 of them, were there any of them that were friends of yours that you actually knew? Yeah, yeah. And was friends. that harder to work on than the ones you didn't know? Or easier or, more? No, I assume, more emotional? or. I mean, you know, they died so long ago, and yeah. it was just... It's almost like, and now all of these 50, it's almost like, because in a lot of them, even though I didn't know them, I had met them. Right. Um, so it, it's, 
it's just one of those things I, I was, cha- I, to me, I was just kind of channeling everybody. And, and the ones that I did know, um, those were, those were more difficult because then you're channeling them and you know them and you're right. just like, I hope you're, you're going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, and, 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 and one of the other ones, that, cause I knew Howie Montag who, uh, was this, uh, nightlife, um, dude who was he's was just the funniest and most amazing kind of guy and his is is to me if you look at it and you knew him you would immediately know it was him and it was it was like it, it, i portrayed him as a puppet and it, it was just it, it's it, it's on the back cover of the book like okay. big shot of his head and oh yeah it, yeah it's um yeah that's that, that that that's howie so yeah well, it just, I mean, it, it's so beautiful, and I love hearing the behind the scenes and how it came about. So did you show it first in New York then? Yeah, it's, it, it was first shown in New York at Liz O'Brien, yeah. and then it went to Miami, and then it went to L.A. Okay. And we were working on trying to do something in Chicago, but it just, it, it just didn't work out. But, you know, I, I'm so grateful and, 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 and thankful that, that it's been turned into a book because it, you know, kind of lives on forever. Yeah, I know. That's the really, I mean, that's, that's the sad thing about when a show comes down, you know, because just, like, yeah. yeah, especially like an experiential sh- experience, you know, show <laughs> that's an experience. That's what I'm trying to go with. Um, and so did, did you pitch the book idea or did they come to you? Um, my friend, oh, when, when we got cut off, I thought I, yeah, yeah I, no, I, I don't know this part either. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, I think it was maybe, God, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the show ended in Los Angeles in, it was December of 2016. And then, um, a friend of mine who is, who was at the time the editor in chief of modern magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I knew her from Miami and, um, a billion years ago as well. Um, she's an amazing writer, and she's written, I think, I don't know, she's done maybe 30 books or something. Her, her, her name is Beth Dunlop. Mm-hmm. And she loved, the, she, I guess she just loved the, 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 the show. She saw it in Miami for the first time. And um, she had written an editorial about it, and she's the one that actually pitched the book to Tra Publishing, who's also based in Miami. Okay. And... Um, so she called me up and she says, I'm pitching it to Alona, blah, blah, blah. And then we had a phone call, conference call a week or so later. And then they're like, yeah, we want to do a book. And then it kind of, you know, from there, that was, God, a year and three months ago or something, yeah. something like, that. um, and, and honestly, the book was done very, very fast compared to a lot of other books. So, um. Yeah, well, it's so. very cool. Well, what's the the? I was just reading about the collector's edition. That sounds crazy. Like, so are you? How many of those? There's fifty of those. <clears throat> no, there's a hundred collector's editions. Okay, but you're and going then, in and actually, like, there's actually like bits and pieces stuck in there. Well, the, 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 every for me, it's like I like to give a lot of value. Saying this with an accent, um, a, a lot of value when some when when you when you buy something. And for me, this was such a special sort of. Uh, project that um, I wanted people to have another sort of piece of it. So I wanted to create an additional hero. So I called it was the 51st hero. So every, there are three editions. There's a collector's edition, a pink edition, and a blue edition. Um, The collector's edition comes with two prints. Um, They're signed and numbered and there's collage elements on them. And uh, 
which was kind of insane why I said I would do this because I, 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 I did all of it. I cut them all out. I glued them all on. I signed every one of them, blah, blah, blah. So the, the pink edition has a pink um, print of this piece of art that I did of Jack Smith who I call the 51st hero. Jack Smith was kind of considered the the, the, the grandfather of performance art. Mm-hmm. And he was just, anyone who's listening, just Google Jack Smith, performance artist, and you'll see all these just fantastical, weird, wonderful <laughs> movies that he did. And Warhol used to copy him, and every, everyone was totally influenced by him, but no one knew who he was. Huh. And um, so I decided I wanted to make him the 51st. So there's the pink um, artwork of him and there's a blue artwork of him. So which is why it's called the blue edition and the pink edition. Um, and they're both completely different images and, and or pieces of art. And, they're, and in addition to the, the, the art pieces that, that come with each edition um, being signed and numbered, the books are also all signed um, and numbered and stamped. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, it's just kind of like, which, which is why, I mean, the pink edition and the blue editions are both $95 and then the collector's edition, which actually has both of the prints. And then it has this beautiful, um, plexi and I, plexi is one of my favorite materials. So it has this plexiglass case that is composed of three different colors of neon plexi, which is neon pink, the neon blue and the neon green. And it, it's just, I, I love it when when it when it's in the case or when it's kind of coming out of the case because it's like an object. And even the book when it's not in the case, to me is like an object itself because the edges are all gilded and they're this this beautiful kind of pop of a teal color. Wow! And, and then the back page and then the spine are this really really strong neon green, and then the cover. Um, the cover was really important to me, too, because it had to convey what this was all about. So I started, I just didn't, you know, we, we, we had been talking about it at trial, and we just didn't want to do something that was just kind of obvious or, you know, typical. So how I created this was I started taking images of the, uh, of, of the heroes, and I started playing with him because there was a photograph of David Bowie that I had seen ages ago that had this kind of ghost-like quality to it. Mm-hmm. So I started laying um, the, the heads one on top of each other and then doing some opacity with them. And, and then I came, came up on the two that I used. One uh, is the background is Jacques Demy and the foreground is Lee Bowery. And Lee Bowery, you know, would do these, he was, he was, he was just such a, an amazing character and he would sometimes he was always dressing up but he would do he would drip paint off of his head as like it was hair mm-hmm. so on the portrait of him the the when i laid it over it was like the painted hair the dripping hair is literally coming out of the corner of jacques demi eye it was like wow. he was tearing and just because of the way everything looked it looked like to me Oh my God, it looked kind of, it, it reminded me of Frankenstein. And then mm. I turned it green. And Frankenstein was one of my favorite books when I was, when I was growing up, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And, and I could relate to it. I could relate to, to, to the monster that they called Victor. They really never use that going forward in most movies and things about him. But he was really like, to me, like, like the, the 
the, the first victims of AIDS. They were, you know, he was he was really an innocent. He he had no idea what was going on. He was he was shunned from society when people saw him. And it was kind of like in the very beginning when when people um, were very sick and they had carposes and mm. and even if they didn't have carposes in, in that time period when people. You knew somebody, and they went from, say, you know, a normal weight to 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 very little weight. Yeah. Like okay, and their face was was very gaunt, and and people just would just literally just shun them, and they just then kind of stayed inside, and it was just kind of like the story of Frankenstein to me. So yeah. uh, that's where the the. the, the cover came from. It was it, it to me is very meaningful, and it, and to me it conveys what you know kind of what the what 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 heroes uh attribute the book is about in yeah. the project oh that's so beautiful and sad and amazing and you must feel so so good like put like it, it, to have this legacy sort of you know like this thing that's that's not going to come down when the show is over Right. I mean, you know, I I don't feel good that this has happened. But, no, no. But like, what but, have you that that, that that you've been able to use your talents to create a tribute to these people? Right. Right. And I really like what you said about how, um, you know, there's a whole generation who has no idea who these people yeah. were, or even really like what that whole um, how terrifying that. I mean, I can't imagine the number of funerals you know, to go to, and there was so little information then, so, you know, everyone was so terrified of catching it, so you would, you know, like, these people would be shunned, and it just must have been horrible. Oh, it was. It was really a horrible, scary time, yeah. and, yeah, I just, I don't know what else more to say about no, that. No, and I mean, but it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, to go from, hey, will you decorate a pretty room for this event, to being able to create something like this to educate people and to, you know, to make this tribute is, it's a wonderful thing. Right. I mean, and, and, and I just look at it, it's, you know, it's a celebration of who these people were. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things too, in the, in the, in the book, so the back of the book has, because originally with the, the tour, I had the original um, obituaries from either the New York times or the LA times but the thing about it was there were some people that didn't even have an obituary, like um, uh, um, uh, Gia, the model Gia, oh, yeah. or uh, she, because no one even knew that she died. Um, she, you know, she was a drug addict. She moved back home, and her, her, her family was very um, embarrassed by the whole thing, as most most families were during this time period. And Klaus Nomi, who was... Kind of a person like you didn't, you wouldn't know how to describe who he who he was or what he did, but he was just kind of phenomenal at doing this performance art and singing opera and just dressing up and just kind of changed so many things. And he was just literally on the cusp of of, of more sort of international fame, mm-hmm. and then he got sick and. He died and alone and, and had no money and there was no obituary on him. And now he's of, of a lot of these heroes. He's he's one of of these people that has influenced so many people from the, you know this current generation on, on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, <laughs> um, I, I just think that it, it I don't know where I'm going with it. Anyway, go on. <laughs> They didn't have. So, what did you do if they didn't have an obituary? Oh, if they didn't have obituary, I would I would find other writings on them or whatever. Oh, okay. Just 
I mean, I think there were like five. But so what we did was for the book itself, because some people literally like whether it was Alvin Ailey or Rudolf Nureyev or Rock Hudson. I mean, their obituaries were massive. Right. And then you had people like Cookie Mueller that literally it was an, uh, that was another fascinating thing, too, because when you when you start realizing um, you start reading these obituaries and, and you, I, I one thing I learned is that New York Times did a much better job than the Los Angeles Times at that time in obituaries. But then again, they didn't do such a great job either, simply because people were dying so quickly. And a lot of these people were people that, you know, in the, in the 70s or not the 70s, in, in, in the 80s, the New York Times was just not aware of some of these people. They were a little more stuffy then. Right. And you didn't have the Internet. You didn't have you, you weren't able to research somebody in two seconds and go, who, who are they? What do they do? Right. Right. And, and you know, it so there was very on, on a lot of people. There was very little information at the time when they were doing this because, you know, it's like they were just happening all the time. Yeah. And then you had and then you had certain writers like Carrie Donovan, who was the fashion uh, editor at the New York, one of the fashion editors in New York Times. And, you know, she would write about all the fashion people that died. And you, you had Susie Slesson, who did all the design people. And, it, 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 you know, it, they were like writing obituaries about their friends all the time. Right. And, oh. you know, how, how sad is that? It's, yeah. You know, and it's... Um, so for the book itself, um, we realized that it wasn't doing justice to certain people that just didn't have um, obituaries or, 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 you know, decent obituaries that really told the story. So we, uh, Beth and um, a few other writers, kind of retold in an obituary form the 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 story of who who each person was Mm -hmm. and they're given kind of the same amount of of space um so it's not like one was overshadowed by another yeah oh that's so good yeah and and you know it it says you know who they are what they did their birth and death dates how old they were and what city or cities they 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 lived in Mm -hmm. um so, wow. Do you think you would ever do, well, I mean, who knows? I guess this is just coming out. Do you, I wonder if anything else will come from this or like well, if this project will keep going. I mean, the, the thing is I, I have the majority of, the, of, of all the heroes and we're kind of working now with um, in organization and or um, museum institution to have these find a home at least for a, a prolonged period of time. Oh, good. Where are they so, all right now? Um, they're they're divided between my apartment and my studio. <laughs> I was going to so say. So I, 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 I see them every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, wow. That See, this is why at the beginning I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where should we start? There's just so many things. Um, I've had you on here forever. Um you want to do my not-so-speedy speed round? Okay. Well, I, I don't remember what is that, but I'll do it. Well, I don't care. It's, when I started the podcast, it was supposed to be a speed round, like quick flash questions, but I oh, always, okay. I'm, I'm always like, I, <laughs> I know, but then I'm always like, well, then what happened? And I can never just like leave it. So um, we'll just wing it. I only have four of them. Um, coffee or tea? Uh, neither. I don't like hot drinks. <laughs> so what do you have? Um, I, 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 I literally just drink water, massive, massive amounts of water. Yeah. That's and rosé. And well, yeah. And it, well, I, I stopped drinking for a while and then I started again, but I, 
wine just doesn't, I, I drink Bloody Marys now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so start the day off with a nice Bloody Mary. Um, okay, now this is going to be really hard, I think. Favorite color? Oh, God. I, you know, I love so many, I love every color kind of has its moment with me, but I would, I, I always tend to, to gravitate toward blues and greens. Okay. And almost any color in blue and green, but yeah. I thought you were going to say pink. No, no. Uh-uh. No. Mm -mm. After the bedroom and now the wall, you're like, I'm done with pink, people. <laughs> no, I still love pink. I love <laughs> pink. But blues and greens, literally, in, in all my work and everything, it's it, it, it's the it's the dominant color, and it's just the color that I, I it's, it's my go-to color. Right. Okay. Um, did you have a pet as a kid? No, did not have a pet as a kid, but as uh, when I was became an adult, uh, when I was living in Miami, um, I had a dog, and um, she was 14 when she passed, and um, it was just very traumatic. She was sick for the last three years, and blah, 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 oh. and it was, just, it was just, so I didn't really want to get another dog. Yeah. Um, and then after she died, then a, a cat kind of, I adopted a cat in the neighborhood and, um, that, that was kind of nice, but I, I just, you know, moving back to New York, I just, I can't, but my husband wants to get a dog oh. and I don't, I know that I will end up taking care of it. Right. And I just, you know, when you're really busy and I, and I, and I know busy people have dogs, but I just, I, it's just not, I just, I, 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 I can't do that. I, I hear you. I hear you. I have two little um, mini wiener dogs, little Dashens, uh -huh. and one of them just turned 12, and one of them is about to turn 14, and it's just breaking my heart to know that we're coming to the end at some mm -hmm. point soonish, you know, and I just said to my husband, like, never again, like, the next pet, if we ever get another pet, it has to be a tortoise or a parrot. Like, it needs to be something that outlives me, because I cannot deal with losing them. Yeah. It just too, breaks my heart. Can't yeah. Deal. Very traumatic. Yeah. Very. Um, okay, and then finally... Uh, somebody who's never been to New York, what would be, uh, or somebody who's been there before, a, a, your New York must-see, like, what, where should somebody go eat or do whatever? Where would you send somebody? Oh, my God. Now, see, that's a really hard question. Um, and like, well, should we hone is, in on food? Should we hone in well, on... Yeah, but what is this person like? I mean, what... Are, are they <laughs> okay, pretend it's oh. me. I'm going to come to New York in the fall, and I've only been there a handful of times... What should I, yeah, what should, what should I, is there I a gallery say, I should go to? Is there food I should eat? Well, I would, you know, like, like I usually try to go to one or two museums a week. And, and for me, that's one of my favorite experiences in New York is to, is, is, is I, I just love going to museums and yeah. I love eating in museums too. Um, so I would, I would say, yeah, it, it's, there's something cool about it but I would say you know depending on whatever shows are are up you know go to like the, the, the last show that I saw that I just thought was phenomenal was and, and I'm not some of their shows are not my favorites but the, the, the Grant Wood show at the Whitney is absolutely amazing okay. I mean it was it was amazing I would say I would say go there to see that if you're if you, you know you're going to be in t I, I think it's still up and then uh, then go to um untitled which is the uh restaurant on the first floor at the whitney which is one of my favorite oh, restaurants yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it, that'll kill like three hours yeah 
<laughs> and then if you still you still need something, I don't know. I'll have to think of something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I love doing that too. I always like wandering through the galleries, and then I like to go to the gallery restaurant and just think about all the things. And like I always bring a little notebook and write down about you know whatever kind of hit me the most or gets me thinking about my own work or you know it's just like I like to do it by myself too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I love going to the the MoMA's. I, I eat there all the time as well. It's, it's I love the Paris MoMA. Fine. I love going there. It's oh, I'm trying to work on them. I really, uh, my new book comes out in the fall, and I um I've got my book tour planned for the whole West Coast, but I don't have anything lined up for New York, and I kind of really only want to, I really want to do it at MoMA. <laughs> oh wow, that'd be great. Yeah, and so I've emailed with them, and they, I mean, they are sounding positive but you know then you just don't hear back and it's like okay I guess that's not happening but that would be my crazy dream oh what's the book called it's called a big important art book now with women oh I love that now with women (laughs) yeah it's kind of like I've got 45 contemporary women who are doing amazing things and then 30 historical women sort of sprinkled throughout and then projects for the women of the future to get them sort of jump-started in making because there was no when I was an art student and minoring in art history they didn't teach us about any women and I was like well, there was no women in Jansen's history of art no I mean no none. I know I and, mean it's, it's insane and that's still what they use as a textbook and it's just like I, I you know I remember thinking but I want to be an artist when I grow up and it was just like there was no one to emulate or no one to be inspired by or no one to learn from and so um and it's still like that 20 something years later which fills me with rage and so when I got the opportunity to write this book I was like I know what I want to write about and so yeah I'm so so excited for it to be I know how you feel like you just holding it and you know it being this object and this thing that is now in the world like it's very exciting Oh, your book sounds great. I can't wait. You know what? Just the subject matter alone, it's going to be a huge success, I'm sure. I hope so. Well, it was funny when I was pitching it because it was sort of right before the big Me Too movement and before everything was happening. And um, I got turned down by a lot of publishing houses because they didn't feel that uh, people would buy a book about women. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Me Too. Yeah, because most 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 people that buy books are men. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I was just so angry. Like I just was like, how in tw- this was twenty seventeen? Like how in twenty seventeen are we still having this conversation? And then Running Press um, from New York and Philly, they picked up the book and they've been amazing. And it was right after that that I signed the deal that this huge movement kind of kicked in and I was like wow I I mean I'm so glad all of it's happening but like literally this book could not come out at a better time no it really couldn't and hopefully it'll get the press that I wanted to get I mean I'm happy that the book comes out but I I also want people to talk about it right like that was that's the whole point is like I want people to be a discussion and so I'm hoping that it'll be a good story for press to pick up because you know let's keep talking about it and so anyway well, that's exciting. I, I yeah. can't wait to see it. Yeah. Well, then, and hopefully I will come to New York, and then um, we can go and yeah, you not drink New York coffee. And then we'll go to the Whitney and then have have lunch or dinner at Untitled or at, at the MoMA, whichever yeah. one. And maybe a Bloody Mary or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and I, I will edit out all of our technical difficulties and stitch this all together into this okay. fluid, smooth story. Um Good luck with the launch of the book. It's 
so exciting. And um, it just, it's been so nice to get to know you a little bit. You too. And yeah. I can't wait for your book. My God. Oh, we'll trade. Although yeah. I, mine doesn't come in a neon plexi case. I, 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 I might have to do that for the next book because that's pretty okay. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, take care and keep in touch, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Okay. okay. Bye. Take care. See, I knew that was going to have all sorts of beautiful and artsy twists and turns. Be sure to pop over to my site, thejawscurator.com, to see all of Doug's work. The art pieces, the environments, the new book, and of course the video inside of his apartment, because it is crazy amazing. Thank you to Doug for taking so much time out of his day to talk to me. I feel like I have a new friend who understands my love of grass cutting, staring into space, and eating at art galleries. Thank you to Sachi Art for supporting yet another episode, and huge thank yous to you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then. <laughs>